Good evening, North Georgia. It's Ralph Taylor, and it's time for another edition of the Chattahoochee Folk Hour right here on WBCX 89.1, where there's nothing but the good stuff. And uh, I'll be with you for the next 60 minutes, and as always, here on the Folk Hour, we bring to you the very best in bluegrass and folk music. And uh, I hope that uh, if you're on your way home, that you get on home. If you're in your car, that you enjoy the show, because as always, we have a special show planned for you tonight, one that I have been looking forward to for weeks. Uh, because we have a wonderful uh, singer, songwriter, musician that so many of us know and love by the name of Reverend Jeff Mosier. So go ahead and settle into your favorite chair at home and pour yourself a nice glass of sweet tea and enjoy the next 60 minutes with the Chattahoochee Folk Hour featuring tonight Jeff Mosier. Well, Jeff, welcome to the Folk Hour. So glad to be here. Very Jeff, glad. I got to tell you, awesome. folks, if you've been in the Atlanta area over the last 20 years, you have heard Jeff Mosier. Somewhere, uh, with the, from the uh, Aquarium Rescue Unit to Blue Ground Undergrass to uh, the Mosier Brothers Band. Uh, he's been around for a while. <laughs> There's not a lot of crazy guys <laughs> on banjo that do all the weird things I do, but <laughs> but um, I love Atlanta. So, Well, Jeff, how long have you been in Atlanta now? Well, I've been in Atlanta since 1969, and um, I moved there with my family and um i've lo- i love atlanta and um my musical career started there and then the big jump in my career came when i met colonel bruce hampton yeah 1988 yeah. who yeah. i just played with this weekend so well tonight so. tonight we're in the pursuit of platorum jeff i just want you to know <laughs> wow. we are we are pursuing platorum here tonight well, we can do that. That's not a problem. <laughs> With the master of folk fusion, right. Jeff, Jeff Mosier, we probably need to talk about Platorum somewhere in the show so everybody that will know. That would be about. good. That would be good. <laughs> and, and, you know, I feel like I ought to just go ahead and step aside and, and turn the mic over to you because you were, had a radio show in Atlanta for I years. I did, and I, you know, I have to say I love this. I love this uh, format, and I love radio. I started in 84 in, uh, at WRFG. Uh-huh. And my brother and I had a show called Born in a Barn from 84 to 98. Absolutely. And then I left the show to, you know, really pursue my touring career with uh, Blue Ground Undergrass, which I had just started in, in 98. And I love radio. I yeah. mean, I just, uh, I still love it. I still love being on it. And uh, it really taught me a lot about my musical taste. And long before there was Americana, I was mixing Flat and Scruggs with Nancy Griffith with tim o'brien you know doing right. all these musics that didn't have a really a definable uh na- category back then yeah yeah you, you were just, kind of putting them all together folk music or singer songwriter or bluegrass or whatever but yeah. it didn't have if you didn't stay right tight with the genre you know you were out of your category right nobody really knew what to call it oh yeah yeah well it's a, it really is an honor to to have you here Thank why don't you. we why don't we get cranking with the tune, and then we're going to learn all about the, the history and the musical theology of the Reverend Jeff Mosier. <laughs> okay, man. Well, I'll, I'll start here because I've got some three three nutty gentlemen in here listening to me. We do. So uh, we've, had, <laughs> we've already had fun before we got on the radio, but <clears throat> the thrill of my life is to travel around and play music. I think that live musicians can transport take a beer-soaked piece of carpet in a club and tra- and make that stage something that it wasn't before. Yeah. 
and I still think live music is the you know will never be replaced. Hopefully, we give you more pixels and we give you the <laughs> highest definition. So if you're there, you're there. Right. And this song I wrote, I wanted to write the most simple love song I could about the process of traveling around and playing music. And I know you like it, so I'm going to do it. It's called On My Way. Hmm. Jeff Mojer, everybody. on through the night The song's still in my head We haul that load on up the road As we laugh ourselves to bed But the good times that we leave behind and The ones just up ahead Can't take the place of your warm embrace in the feel of my own bed In the feel of my own bed I'm on my way On to a better day I'm on my way I can't wait to get back home No matter where I'm coming from It's always good to say I'm on my way I'm on my way back home It's so easy to get jaded now Forgetting what we do Remember hearts are aching now And the music gets them through Play that song like it's your last Cause it may really be Remember when you learned to play And the way it made you free It makes them laugh and makes them cry Remember and a dream Remind us that the songs we play Can bring a brighter day The music's for the ones 
Moser here on the Folk Hour. Wow. I got to tell you, um, I was so thrilled. I feel like, Jeff, I've, our lives have been in kind of concentric circles, never really pushing together until uh, we visited Montreat and I met you up at Surfa. And uh, I'm so thankful that that moment happened. Thank you, so. man. That was a thrilling moment because, you know, like I told you earlier, I'm a band guy. <laughs> I've known for bands and this is the first time in my career I've ventured out and and uh, to play the banjo and just sing and play the banjo and not have drums, bass, and all the things. And at times I miss that, but it's like Peter Rowan told me, uh, you have to get to the point where you realize that you're enough. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. And he's trying to teach me that because he's done both. He's done solo. And and uh, so it's thrilling to have an opportunity in this context, you know, to, to do this because it it's kind of new for me, you yeah. know. Yeah, on some level. Well, th- there are plenty of songwriters that make really great music and write wonderful songs. And then there are some songwriters who have the ability to hit a uh, resonant frequency with your heart. I call the harmonies of the heart, and and you're definitely one of those songwriters, Jeff. So, um, good luck on this new venture, b- you, being I just really with the banjo. Well, take us take us back on the musical history of Jeff Mosier. You've you've played with a number of groups. Uh, yeah, I grew up in Bristol, yeah. Tennessee, you know, and my my dad, thankfully, was a big music fan and loved bluegrass, and though he's tone deaf, and uh, but he just really loved bluegrass, and so we heard bluegrass because uh, of my dad, and then my grand, once we got older, we realized my grandmother was really, really played, and that's my <laughs> really? mom's mom, uh-huh. and when she was a teenager, her and her sister were the contemporaries of the Carter sisters. You know, they all played in those same areas, but the Carter sisters, of course, got signed and had the family band. But my grandmother was, um, her name was Mabel Hayes, or, uh, and she had a sister, and they had black hair. You know, they were kind of like, oh, very yeah. similar to the Carter sisters, but they were in Blountville, Tennessee. So my grandmother, way up into age, would put on tight jeans and boots and go out and pick, and she'd, so she started asking us when we were teenagers, would you like to go to a picking? <laughs> and uh, we went. And, wow. And now, teenagers out we, there, you'd be listening to this. And it's just people yeah. sitting around in chairs looking down at the ground and then eating peanut butter cookies and milk on the break. And it was just shocking music. It was Ralph Stanley, 
Carter Stanley kind of music. It was Maybell Carter, Bluegrass. So when I was 18 and started the banjo, I really got into those things. And then when we moved to Atlanta, we were kind of out of sorts. And my brother and I were able to, through our Southern Baptist connections, because we were involved in big Southern Baptist you know, like Fortune 500 Southern Baptist churches, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah. So, I'm just the, kidding. The ones with the trophies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the TV show ones, you know, those. So anyway, we, we were the only ones that played uh, bluegrass. And so once they found out, then we had the corner on the market, you know. Oh, yeah. If you could do Do Lord, I'll Fly Away, Amazing Grace, you know, and all that at the picnics or the fellowship hall, then you could do camps and, you know. <laughs> right, right. So... We had gigs right up front, and my brother's four years younger than me, plays guitar. So that started it, and then we formed the band Good Medicine, and that band had a cult following in Atlanta until our radio show started, and then we, uh, it even got bigger. Yeah. And so in 84, we started Born in a Barn, and from 84 to 98, we played Good Medicine. Uh, and then I took a diversion in 1988. Um I was walking down the street with Elise Witt, uh, one of my folk influences, and we were taking a break from a David Olney concert. He had he'd yeah. gone on break. Yeah. So we just stepped outside, and there was this weird music coming from the, hall, the next door. And I was like, that's a mandolin, and it's, what's that guy? And there was like African <laughs> drums. And so I go down, and I look inside, and it was this, this cast of weird characters. Yeah. And a big fat guy with a mandolin singing a Dave Evans tune wrong. And I knew it was wrong. I knew the words were wrong. So I stepped in. Yeah. And it was 89 cents to get in. I'm like, <laughs> what? 89 cents? It doesn't make any sense. So, you know, it was just intriguing. Well, it turns out it was Colonel Bruce Hampton. Yeah. And he came up to me and he guessed my birthday. He guessed that my dad was born on my birthday. And he told me he listened to my radio show within a span of three minutes. How about that? So he said, bring your banjo sometime. <laughs> I've heard you play on the radio. So I didn't even have a pickup. So I went and got a pickup in my banjo, go down to Little Five Points where everybody's tattooed and pierced yeah. and mohawks. And I mean, it was just, <laughs> you know, I'm a recovering Southern Baptist. So it was kind of shocking for me to be like down in those areas because I grew right. up so conservative. Oh, yeah. But I joined the uh, this band and then that became the Aquarium Rescue Unit. Wow. And from that, I entered into the rock world. And then 10 years after that, I started Blue Ground Undergrass. Yeah. And then now I'm still, you know, I'm playing with Peter Rowan in July. We, the Mosier Brothers band is the after Blue Ground. And this particular part of my life is me engaging my brain a little bit more because I am a blogger and a writer. Mm -hmm. And I do love to talk about community and i do love to talk about social issues yeah yeah uh but i try to stay out of politics try to stay out of religion but you can't in a way but i'm really trying to uh, play music and and that's more life affirming yeah uh, i think that we can solve our own problems mm -hmm. you know i really do and i think music and art are great are some of the best things we've done as human beings. Oh yeah, and uh, and so I re I remain committed to songwriting, to the power of one song, yeah. and and that's really what I do. This next song I'll play for you is the first song I wrote when I was young. It kind of 
like you, you know the thing that you have on your show you say that every life is a song worth singing yeah uh-huh. well that that is really what this this is called live your song fantastic so it's the first song i ever wrote folks tonight the reverend jeff Mosier is here live in the studio and here's his next tune let me just get this right When I was a young man in the hills of Carolina I started seeing life one day I looked out on the mountains and heard a voice within me This is what I heard it say You gotta write a song Just make it pure and simple in harmony let all people sing alone use my love to tie each verse together you can't go wrong simply live your song when the storms of life began to rage and I was getting up in age Started singing a different tune The questions came so easily But answers were so scarce to me My tune wasn't coming out all wrong started getting so much clearer well I had lost the simple thing the love of friends and family had lost their love and hold on me please melt this cold and hardened heart Depends on your own gratefulness For the things given to you So when you start to stray away And waste another precious day Let me tell you what to do You gotta sing a song Just make it pure and simple Let 
Let all people sing along Use my love To tie each verse together You can't go wrong Simply live your song Jeff Mosier, right here on the Chattahoochee Folk Hour on 89.1. I'm Ralph Taylor, and I'm glad you're joining me here for this hour. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with the Trail Folk segment of the Chattahoochee Folk Hour with our special guest, Mike Taylor. And then we'll be back with Jeff Mosier. So hang on and keep listening. My name is Joe Thompson. I'm 29 years old, and I have a career that I love as a systems analyst. I never could have gotten on this path without a college degree. And if the college me were here, he'd tell you. I never would have gotten to college without Big Brothers Big Sisters. I could have ended up anywhere, on the streets even, but college? Joe Thompson? Not likely. My big brother helped me out. He taught me I could do anything, at a time when a lot of people were saying just the opposite. And to a seven-year-old, that means a lot. My big brother's name is Phil, and Phil is the reason that this seven-year-old grows up to be a systems analyst. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child, and that can last a lifetime. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Happy trails to you. Yes, folks, it's time for the Trail Folk segment of the Chattahoochee Folk Hour. From time to time, we bring you some fun segments, the uh, Crazy World segment and uh, the, tra- the uh, Trail Folk segment. And i got, I got to tell you, folks, tonight, with uh, Mike Taylor being here with us for the third time, I wasn't sure whether to use the Crazy World intro, Mike, for you, or the Trail Folk segment. Because, Mike, you do some crazy things for a trail runner. You can lean on up to the microphone, Mike. I've been known to do a few things, Ralph. (laughs) Well, Mike, welcome to the Chattahoochee Folk Hour. Mike is one of the few trail runners that has his own little theme song, and I'm going to play it right now. That was the Buzzard Mountain Boys that christened you with picked up a hammer and knocked them in the head when when you were discussing being followed by a bear on your trail runs. I remember that, yeah. Well, Mike, tell us a little bit about some of the ventures you've up to lately. We're Facebook friends, and from time to time... I see the craziest pictures of you on Facebook doing the craziest things. And I thought, well, you know, the folks out in North Georgia need to be warned about you. Okay. So, Mike, tell us what you've been up to these last couple of months. Well, in the past, uh, in the past couple of weeks, I've been, uh, I've tried to make another attempt on running the whole Georgia Appalachian Trail. Right. When you were here, I guess it was last year, you were trying to to run the Appalachian Trail from North Carolina down to the Springer Mountain, the the southern terminus. And uh, I didn't make it. So you didn't this time. How, how many miles is that, Mike? That's uh, all the way from Bygout to uh, 
Amicalola yeah. is right at around 86 miles. Just, just 86 miles in, in, one, in one fell swoop. One fell swoop. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't make it that time, so I tried to add a little more to it. So the last time I did it, I tried to do it completely unsupported, carrying all my own gear. You did. Now, uh, um, did you have like a bad night or something? I did have a bad night. <laughs> well, tell me about how it went. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, actually, I got closer this time. I got within 15 miles of finishing. Uh-huh. And then you hear that wall that you hit. Yeah. You know, you hear marathoners talk about a wall. Oh, yeah. You didn't hit a wall. You, I, like, you like hit the Great Wall of China or exactly, something. Exactly, yeah. Wow. So, so, so now you actually started like in the evening to, for this run. Is, is, I did. Am I right? I started. What, what time uh, did you start? I started at 5 o'clock in the evening. Really? And uh, ran through the night, through the next day, and through the next night, and finally just killed over around 3.30. So how, long, how, how many hours had you been on the trail? Uh, right at 32 hours straight. Wow. And you just couldn't get going for the last 15 miles. Mike, what's the matter with you, man? Come on. Come on. <laughs> I gave it my best shot. Now, Mike, is there, is there a, a hidden secret that you need to share with us about why you're doing these crazy things? <laughs> Your banjo music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, Pat, Pat Burke is here with us in the studio, and Pat has an important question for you at this point, Mike. I'm afraid to, I'm afraid to hear this. Mike, I, I understand uh, 30, 32, 33 hours, you hit the wall. I know I know. mentally you, you might be seeing things, right? And, and I heard a little bit about a bear this last time, but what about Sasquatch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Let's hear the Sasquatch story. <laughs> but it's a cool story. Okay. All right. All right. Let's get let's get into the Sasquatch right. story, Mike. Actually, right. I've gotten tied into a, a, a group called Sasquatch Hunters. Yeah, you have. <laughs> I did not know this. How yes. did I not, not know this, Mike? Actually, it's a it's a group made up of forensic scientists, uh, law enforcement. And they're actually uh, in the process of possibly doing a, uh, a TV series on it. So okay. I, got, I got tied in with that and have been on. I've seen some strange things, Ralph. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Well, 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 tell, 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 tell us one thing, one strange thing that you've seen on your on your runs. Well, you know, they we've got like $50,000 worth of uh, night vision, thermal imaging equipment and everything. Now, who are we? <laughs> you the group the group okay gotcha <laughs> all right and i've seen some things on thermal imaging that has really just blown my mind uh, like jeff Mosier out in the woods at night it could have right? been jeff Mosier, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it does make a big difference what i think when i'm out on the trail at night running really yeah so have you actually seen what you think is sasquatch I'm not going to say that I've actually seen him, but I have heard and seen some things that I couldn't explain. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, if, you, if you've been running for 32 hours, there's a lot of things. We, we yes. don't even, can't even explain you doing that. So, That's you know? true. Yeah. You know, you do tend to hallucinate after a few hours. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, thanks, Pat, for yeah. bringing that up. <laughs> nice job, Pat. <laughs> Pat came right in here. Pat's also an adventure racer. Exactly. Now, are, are you going to try this again, Mike, or are you done with this? No, actually, I'm going to give it one more shot. Oh, yeah? I'm going to do it in uh, on Labor Day, and I'm going to give it one more shot and, and see if I can put this baby to bed okay and we uh we want you to uh make sure that you capture sasquatch you know in your camera as you're running all right for that trip all right <laughs> then you need to come back in the folk hour and tell us all about it oh, all right I will. well mike
Thanks for being here with us, and good luck on that journey. Pat has an announcement for an upcoming uh, event. Why don't you let folks know about that, then we'll get back to more Jeff Mosier. Yep. Thanks, Ralph. Uh, last time you let me come into the show on the promise that I wouldn't sing, and so I didn't. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was uh, I had an opportunity to to tell you all folks about a, a couple of rare individuals, uh, Pete uh, Kite and Kelly Parham. Uh, Pete needed a kidney. Uh, Kelly, through generosity and friendship and kindness and compassion, donated a kidney to his buddy Pete Kite. And um, Pete Kite has a uh, foundation called Team Green. It's for kidney awareness. And we're going to try to do a bike event in first part of October. Date's not set. Location's not set. And the purpose of that bike event is to raise money for Team Green so that they can help benefit uh, all those out there who need kidneys. Fantastic. Pat, thank you for sharing that with us and that great story about uh, about that real act of humanitarian care and concern. Okay, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with more Jeff Mosier. What do George Clooney, Kobe Bryant, and Super Mario all have in common? They all speak Italian. Italian is the language of music, fashion, and fine art. Learn Italian, and you'll be the hippest customer when ordering your next pizza. So sign up today for Italian classes at Bernal University in Gainesville and open up a world of possibilities. This is Professor Shelton Ballou inviting you to log on to bernal.edu to learn more. Arrivederci. My dad came to live with us last month, and you know, it's going pretty well. I feel like I never have time for myself. With him being around more, it really lets us catch up on things. His memory isn't what it used to be. We get up and we have coffee. He usually wakes up at 4.30. Then we go for a walk. He needs lots of my attention. I do need to keep an eye on his medications, though. That's important. Sometimes I feel like a pharmacist. I'd say John and the kids are adjusting. Pretty well. They honestly have no idea what I'm going through. It can be a little challenging. Help. But so far, so good. I could really use just a little help. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Folks, this is Ralph Taylor, and you're listening to the Chattahoochee Folk Hour here on 89.1. I wanted to remind everyone that we do have a podcast site at Podbean lightthevegetable.com. So if you'd like to uh, listen to some of our shows that we've done in the past, uh, go ahead and uh, and check out our podcast site, and we'll have Jeff Mosier's show up here in the next uh, hopefully 10 days to two weeks that you can enjoy uh, Jeff Mosier all over again. And also we have a Facebook page, so feel free to uh, to check us out on Facebook and to keep in touch with all the latest goings, and we can keep in touch with all of Mike Taylor's crazy adventures trying to run through the night on the Appalachian Trail. All right, folks, Jeff, are you a jogger? Well, you know, I'm a fat guy that tries to jog. <laughs> but um, I am. I'm getting there. I'm getting there, I'm, uh, and I love it. I really do love it. Well, if you yeah. ever get a call from Pat Burke or Mike Taylor to go jogging, go, just be we, careful. Be careful. I, they're my age, and they <laughs> they look 20 years younger, and they're, they look great. Uh, they, I admire anybody that can tackle their health, maintain their intended body weight, and do what y'all have done. So inspire me, and I'll play banjo for you. So 
In fact, I'll play one for him now right now. Let's do it. Here we go. The reason I'm playing this, it's the first song I ever learned. And it's the first song I ever saw Buck Trent play on TV. And I just thought, that is, I got to learn that instrument one day. studio audience in here with Ben Parker, my son Sam Taylor, and Pat Burke and Mike Taylor. So we're, we're really having a, having a great time in here with Jeff Mosier. So. Well, I'm a believer, so you just so you'll know. I, I think if I was Sasquatch, I'd be hiding too from human beings. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. I would be hiding myself. So, Jeff, let, let's, let's get into a topic that I know is near and dear to your heart, and that mm-hmm. is your work with Alzheimer's patients. Tell us a little bit about that and your experience. Well, that. the story... Um, I was playing with Bruce Hampton and uh, at the time, and a friend of mine said, you should play some banjo for Eastern Onion. And I thought, the, the, you know, singing Telegram Company. Yeah. So I thought you had to strip, you know, to do that. And I said, well, I, I'm not going to really take my clothes off. A naked banjo I'm player. I'm not going to be naked banjo. is not going to happen on my account. So I went over to him, and they said, well, you don't know. We went, well, you just do what you do. So I ended up with this comedy routine where I had a multicolored afro, and a pair of overalls and i'd just go in and play comedic things and funny things for people's birthdays and i had a little niche market you know for myself but one day i got a call to play a fourth of july and anytime i walk into an office park with this outfit on people go nuts you know i'd get my picture taken with people 
<laughs> well, I walked in this day, and the ladies were, it was, it was a nursing home. And they were kind of like, hey, how you doing? And and uh, go on back. And these two doors, were, you know, you hear this like, and the two doors open. So <laughs> yeah. I walked through the doors, yeah. and then it, they go, and close. And I'm like, hmm. Sounded like they locked. And then I look, and these people are just all walking around in different directions in the room. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they didn't notice me, look up, clap. And I was just like, how you doing? No response. And so I just, out of desperation, I started like, I thought that maybe they have problems or something. And, okay, you sit here and you sit there. And then I'd play a little banjo. And finally I got them all to sit in chairs. And then I just started, you know. I come from Alabama, you know, just all my stuff, all my Danny boy. um, And everybody in there got perfectly appropriate. They all of a sudden, they knew, they looked normal. They clapped, they sang. Wow. And I went on for about an hour. I was supposed to do it for an hour. (laughs) I went for like an hour and 30 minutes. I'd ask the request. They'd raise their hand. It was thrilling. They really loved it. So when I was leaving, the lady said, could I talk to you? And I said, yeah. She said, well, what do you do? Are you like a music therapist? I was like, no. Wow. Um, I'm a banjo player. And uh, she said, well, you just entertained our Alzheimer's unit. So, man, I just, I was like, wow, what? Because all I'd ever heard of Alzheimer's is you get old and you start hitting people. (laughs) I didn't know anything. Yeah. So... The next few, in two days from that, I had to call the Alzheimer's Association. And I said, I just want to come down and talk to you about Alzheimer's. I just did this concert. Long story short, I became an Alzheimer's caregiver, a respite caregiver, where you go into people's homes. Mm-hmm. And then I, I played music in the Alzheimer's Day, adult day centers, and just became really interested in the disease and how music works in the brain I started reading Oliver Sacks and all the neurobiologists and he, who his life was you know where they the movie awakenings if you ever saw oh that. yeah yeah is is based on his work then I got hired in Atlanta in 91 by a great uh, Presbyterian organization called Presbyterian Village and mm-hmm. from 91 to 94 I worked on their Alzheimer's unit and it truly did change my views of music yeah. It changed my views because I was able to take people who were sitting in a jerry chair, over overly medicated, not talking, drooling themselves to death, really. And not because they were being mistreated, but they just, you know, there was no activity. And I could take music and all these ideas and revive them. And mm-hmm. so I learned all of these weird techniques I came up with using hats, keyboard, uh, uh, clipboards, keys, any kind of thing that made people think that there was a transition taking place. And that was my job. And and out of that work, um, I have remained committed to trying to place very specific music programs, in, and I still perform. And the one song that I wanted to play for you is one that you liked. Is A friend of mine knows that I... Uh, do that and she called me and said her mother was passing and getting 
very sick and I kind of helped her through that you know she would what do I do now what do I do now well finally when her mother died um, they asked me to play the funeral up at this top of a mountain in North Carolina and um, the family's very conservative so I think they really wanted me to do in the garden and or anything like that but on the way up I got this tune in my head and so through uh, my manager, I'd tell her what it was, and she'd write it on email, and then mm. we've worked on it all the way up. And when I got up there, there was just the hearse there. The family hadn't even gotten there. And this guy, the undertaker, and I got out, and he said, you all right, buddy? You look you – look I said, well, I'm trying to write – you got a piece of paper? I got to write this thing down here. Wow. And uh, he goes, you pick – and I said, "Yeah, do you play? Go, oh, I play. I play the banjo too." So anyway, I had a friendly guy, you know. I said, "Will you hold words for me?" And he says, "Oh, you got a song you hadn't ever done." I said, "Well, I've never done it. Who wrote it?" I said, "I did." And he says, "Oh boy, that's gonna be hard, isn't it?" I said, "Well, we'll see." Well, I thought they wanted it in the garden, you know. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> "Yeah." So I was yeah. getting all this fear in my head, and. Uh, I went ahead and did it, and he held the words, and I did it for this family because they did what you're supposed to do. They remained present with this woman yeah. through her entire, and not until her twin sister got there did she finally pass. She was wait, it was like she was waiting on her twin sister to get there. Once she saw her, she passed, and and it's uh, it's a song that. I wouldn't call it a gospel song, but it's a song that in my mind would be what the woman would want her family to know yeah. if she could have talked at the end. And, uh, what was your mom's name? Jeanette. Jeanette. So today I'll send it out to for Jeanette's.
children, my children from all fear. May they know we'll be together when all that's cloudy finally clears. May they always stick together around the memories, the memories of our home. Then they'll know we'll be together in that bright cloud to which I go. special how special that song is we have four grown men that are crying here in the studio now Jeff. <laughs> no that's that's so well, you beautiful know, i have to that's say so this beautiful. too about it i mean this is the stuff i don't really talk about but your show can handle it probably um it's hard being the only species that can understand and deal with our own demise mm-hmm. we put two and two together dogs don't do that Tails wag because they don't have to deal with the fact that, one, they're a dog. And they don't have to compare themselves to other dogs. Yeah. And they don't have to understand that their dog life or whatever this is that's going on is really going to end. And we have this incredible brain. And for all that it does great, it puts us in some very difficult positions. And I, one of my life's fascinations is to study about that about how that affect how death affects life and how life affects death and i feel like one of the greatest things about music is that it was probably an original language and it really on some level i think it still relates to our central nervous system and our brain as a healing force yeah i really do without being a magical thinker i'm not typically magical thinker but I really do think music has an amazingly powerful effect on our brain. And mm-hmm. there's nothing that can take a melody and a lyric and a polyrhythm, package it together. And so when then when I sing something like, have yourself a merry, all of a sudden that little, even before I say Christmas, yeah, 
all of the trees and everything that is associated and there's nothing like that in our in the world right and that's why i think music is important that's why i think these kind of shows do a spiritual service to culture yeah i really do thank you jeff and uh i'm a big facebook fan of yours and i love your exploration into this whole topic um and while we're on that topic let's tell the listeners about platorum okay (laughs) when i met colonel bruce hampton basically he went out on the on a sidewalk and he did like the ballerina thing on one foot and he just stood perfectly still this is my first day meeting him so i thought my first thought was well i didn't think he did drugs (laughs) and he just stood perfectly still and so i asked him why did you do that he goes let's go to my house so we went to his house to watch some footage of him explaining these ideas Basically, platorum is a state of non-action. It's giving great attention without reactive thought. Mm. Not a new concept. It's the ability to be in the moment or turn your brain off. And what he, turn your thinking off, but your awareness on. That's all meditation is. Yeah. Meditation, it's not what you think. You've heard that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not what you think. It's, it's really everything you don't think. And, um, he is a there's a film called Colonel Bruce Hampton The it's called Basically Frightened The Musical Madness of Colonel Bruce Hampton it just came out it can be and I'm in the film I'm as involved in the making yeah. Dave Matthews is in it Fish is in it Billy Bob Thornton's in it um, you know there's a lot of people in it Dwight right. uh, 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 Widespread Panic um, Jimmy Buffett all these people talking about the effect Bruce has had on them and on music itself. And what I think his greatest gift is, and we remain friends, just ate dinner last night. Um, his greatest gift is he gives people permission to do only one thing. He'll slap your hand if you don't do this one thing. And that's he gives you permission to be yourself on stage. Yeah. yeah. And so I went from being a bluegrass banjo player trying to play like, you know the dead guys all the great dead guys <laughs> yeah. to being a, a jeff Mosier playing music on the banjo yeah and not just bluegrass yeah and that's to me a profound difference in looking at your music you know right, right. so that's the greatest gift he gave me i think i really do jeff let's let's share your website information so folks can look you up if they don't know well, i'm on facebook under jeff Mosier, and i've got all my gates open you know, I don't have any uh, my cell phones on there. Everything. Uh, it's just Jeff Mosier, and uh, there's a picture of me holding a dog on there right now. <laughs> um, and then the MosierBrothers.com, mm-hmm. and then on the MosierBrothers.com are all is I have blogs and stuff that I write about. I write about, like you said, weird subjects. About a lot about food. I write a lot about you know spiritual issues. Yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, Let go of the politics, pretty much. I really, I'm just. I think we can solve a lot of our problems, right? You know, I really do. So, Jeff, is there one performance that sticks out in your mind? Is wow, this is yeah. I can tell you exactly what it is. Okay, me and Andy Stanley, uh, who's a Charles Stanley's son, who's now a pastor of his own big church, and he's a great man. We were friends growing up, and we snuck out of church one time. And we went to the Civic Center in 1978. 
And he said, have you ever heard of this guy, Harry Chapin? I said, no. So we snuck out of church to go hear Harry Chapin. <laughs> and it changed my life. How about that? He walked down on a stool and then his band came out. And it was, a, I realized at that point that that's what I want to do. I don't, I didn't even know how to explain it. Yeah. I was just like, whatever that guy just did to these people is good. And I would love to do that someday. Yeah. You know, I had that feeling, you know, and I never got rid of that feeling. Wow. Never. Well, and we're glad you didn't because we're the recipients <laughs> of it now. And and are, are you are you uh, enjoying kind of being the banjo front and center now with what you're yeah, doing? Yeah, you know, I've been doing, I've been doing, I try to pick the right shows and real listening places and right. house concerts where people are really, they know what it is. Right. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. I still love to rock out and I still play band gigs, you know. Yeah. I play, um, you know, I, I sit in with people. I sit in with Zach Brown, and and I love playing big shows and stuff still. Uh, but there's nothing like this to me. At the end of the day, I think I would rather do this and, and than anything. Yeah. Because uh, you can tell the story of the song, and a lot of times that doesn't get told on the CD, you know. Right, right. So... I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show and meet you. And Oh, gosh, it's been my pleasure. It's, Jeff. Been a, it's a great format. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all particularly with your radio background and so forth, it's it's great to have you in the studio. I tell you, you. I, I wish we had two more hours to go. We are yeah. bumping up toward the top of the hour. And, uh, Jeff, I want to thank you for, for being here with us. Um, uh, do you have another tune ready to go? I would do a little bit of Gentle on My Mind for you since oh, it was yeah. written on the banjo by John Hartford. and. Yeah. He didn't think he had anything when he wrote it. I'm going to let you get into that, and I'll do our closing comments as we're getting close to the hour. Folks who've been here uh, with Ralph Taylor and the Chattahoochee Folk Hour, it has been such an incredible night of music with Jeff Mosier. I hope you'll take some time to find out more about Jeff and his music, because uh, it's definitely worth our while. Thanks to Mike Taylor and Pat Burke for the uh, trail foot segment. Mike, keep on running. And uh, I want to thank also Kelly Gilbert, uh, Jeff's manager, for setting this up and uh, getting all that arranged. So, folks, I hope your week ahead is a great week. I hope your circles remain unbroken. And remember, every life is a song. Every life is a song we're singing. I'll see you next week on the Chattahoochee Folk Hour. Now, enjoy Jeff Mosier. It's knowing that your door is always open and your path is free to walk. Makes me tend to leave my sleeping bag rolled up and stashed behind your couch. And it's knowing I'm not shackled by forgotten words and bonds and some ink stains that are dried upon some line. Keeps you on the back roads by the rivers of my memory. And for hours you're just a gentle home of mine Lines and the junkyards and the highways come between us. And some other woman's crying 
to her mother Cause she turned and I was gone I still might run in silence Tears of joy might stain my face And the summer sun might burn me till I'm blind Not to where I cannot see you Walking on the back road By the river's flow Gentle on my mind Not to where I cannot see you Walking on the back road By the river's Flowing gentle on My mind So gentle on my mind Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. <laughs>